Good morning everyone, this is Alex Patterson and welcome to Street Smart, the show where each week we look at different aspects of Australian businesses and how they affect you. This week I'm very pleased that my guest is Mr Rod Genders from Genders and Partners Solicitors. With all the recent talk about Australia's ageing population, changes to separation and media speculation about the possible return of death duties, I thought this would be a perfect time to have Rod come in and talk to us as he's a senior legal specialist in these areas of law. He's a barrister, a solicitor and a notary public. Now before I hand over to Rod, let me give you a brief outline of who he is so you know who you're listening to and why you can rely on what he says. Rod's law firm is Genders and Partners, which is one of the oldest law firms in Australia, established in 1848. It's a boutique specialist law firm which specialises in the areas of wills, trusts, estate planning and administration. Rod's third generation of the genders in the law and he's been practising specialised law since the mid-80s. He's acted as a counsel or consultant to in excess of 50 other firms around Australia. He holds a South Australian state record for the highest ever personal injury award of damages, plus he's been involved in four out of ten of the largest personal injury claims in Australia's legal history. Rod serves on the Council of the Law Society of South Australia and is a senior member of the Probate Committee. He is a member of the London-based International Society of Trust and Estate Practitioners and he serves on the local committee of that prestigious organisation. For over 15 years, he has chaired a private committee inquiring into the affairs of protected persons. So what all that means is Rod's a specialist in what he does. He gets great results and he believes in going the extra mile for his clients. Would that be a fair summary, Rod? Thanks, Alex. Yes, it would. I really enjoy getting the best possible result for my clients and encouraging them to think ahead and to plan ahead to minimise or avoid grief for themselves and their families down the track. We're all about peace of mind for our clients and we're proud to be able to say that we enjoy lifelong relationships with our clients. But I want all Australians to understand the critical importance of creating a modern integrated estate plan and keeping it up to date. And this means educating people about how to plan their estate what it is, why they should avoid certain things, and so on. So I've created a new company called Estate Planner to assist my law firm in educating clients about estate planning and providing a valuable resource to assist ordinary Australians to set up and maintain their plans. So we work with each client on an individual level to create an integrated plan that's personalised just for them. And we prepare all their legal documents within their estate plans so that they all work together. We supervise the proper execution of all the documents and we store them securely, of course. So there are lots of um, traps for the unwary in this whole area of succession law and deceased estates. There's a hidden minefield there which people absolutely need to avoid. And with a little bit of education and planning, they can now, my work is targeted towards two main areas of law. One is called estate planning, and this includes the preparation of legal wills, powers of attorney, advanced directives, guardianships, deeds of family arrangement, end-of-life directives, and, and similar matters. The other area of law relates to estate administration, which includes probate, intestacy, contested estates, inheritance family provision claims, Protected estates, dealings with public trustee, guardianship hearings, community treatment orders and financial administration orders. So one area logically leads to the other, so that if an estate plan is deficient, the administration of that estate will be more problematic. Rob, what do you mean by problem problematic? Can you give us some examples? Oh, absolutely. Many Australians 
have no idea what happens after they die uh, with or without a will or estate plan. And sadly, many rely on the misguided notion that a free or cheap will or a do-it-yourself will kit will uh, be enough to protect their family and their assets. So it really is uh, a necessity for people to understand what these concepts mean and in particular how it relates to their personal uh, context. Dying without any will at all is called intestacy. And when that happens, the government of the state where you die determines what will happen to your assets. So in a sense, you do have a will, but it's a default will that the government has set up for you. And in every state and territory of Australia, there is a statutory formula contained in state legislation that says where your assets are likely to go, and it's sort of divided up between various relatives of uh, uh, close proximity to you. Now, for some people, that's good enough, but it does depend on your specific family circumstances and, of course, your own individual wishes. So it's really not a good idea to rely upon that because it changes from place to place, and if you move states or territories, then things are going to change. It also changes from time to time. So relying upon that default legislative setting is really not a good idea. But also, uh, other mistakes uh, that people very commonly make and that I see in my law practice all the time, uh, people sometimes fail to properly account in their will for close family members or people who are financially dependent upon them during their lifetime. So these are people who might have what could be termed a legitimate expectation of benefiting under your will. And if they miss out or if they're just disappointed with what you've left them, then that can lead to significant problems down the track. That's the whole area of inheritance provision or family provision claims, which is a really big growth area in the law at present. So they're just a couple uh, of the many, many examples of biggest big mistakes that people can make when they fail to properly plan their uh, estate plan. So I really appreciate the chance to come on your show today and tell your listeners about the steps they can put in place to help protect their families and their assets and how to stop you know, the government coming in and taking over control of their assets once they've become incapacitated or died. It's definitely a, a minefield which we need to be aware of and uh, get professional help on that for sure because it's uh, quite involved. Look, you mentioned before, Rod, about free wills and do-it-yourself will kits that are available. Now, what's your take on these? What's your professional opinion on these? Well, uh, okay, let's let's break it into into two sections. Um, the the will kits. Um, there's a lot of them out there, and some of them are truly horrible. You need to understand that those kits. Um, you know, you might download them off the internet or buy them at the stationery store or, or somewhere like that. You've got to ask yourself whether there's anyone standing behind those kits because if not, they're just a piece of expensive stationery. And if you're downloading them off the internet, do you know, you know, where they've come from? They're, they're quite likely, you know, the, the vast majority of them are American. And many people don't understand that America has a different system of laws, 
an entirely different system of jurisprudence from Australia. And what that means is uh, if they download these things off the, off the web and, and try to fill in the forms themselves, they're almost inevitably going to create problems for their loved ones down the track. And any mistakes you make with those will kits will end up costing your family later on. Disputed estates, family distress, huge litigation costs. What backup and support do you get with them? So I guess my, my professional opinion is if you go down that path, then, well, buyer beware. You know, if you pay peanuts, you're going to get monkeys. I know of law firms who make a really good living out of the work generated from those kits, trying to repair the horrendous mistakes that are left behind. They've got to interpret and rectify the intended wills and fight off the contested estate claims, all because somebody thought it was a good idea to do it yourself the most important legal document in their life. I mean, I was at a legal function just last night, literally, and a very eminent judge commented to me that he had heard four cases involving will kits just this month alone, and he indicated that the numbers of such cases were growing. So in a very real sense, those will kits are like do-it-yourself brain surgery. Just because you can try to do it yourself doesn't mean that it's a good idea to try. A legal will is almost certainly the most important legal document you will ever create in your whole life. So doesn't it make sense to take the effort to get it right? I mean, people who wouldn't even dream of trying to install their own toilet or air conditioner are having a go at creating their own legal wills. It's bizarre, in my view. But it's not their fault. It's because they don't know any better. They've been persuaded by the sellers of these kits that it's all so easy and anyone can do it. But take a good hard look at the fine print in those will kits and you'll notice that they all have a disclaimer saying that it's not a substitute for proper legal advice. So will it be worth anything to you and your family when it really counts? The problems will only show up after you're dead and gone and then it's your family and loved ones who will have to wear the cost and all the delay and heartache to try to fix it all afterwards. Okay, well, Rob, what about the uh, free wills that we hear about, which are quite different to the do-it-yourself will kits? Yeah, it, they are different, and that's why I took it in two different stages. The free wills generally are uh, offered by estate companies, uh, and some people might be tempted by estate companies who offer to prepare a will for you for free, but this service comes with a pretty big catch. And the catch is that you only get the free will, the free service, upon condition that they, the estate company, are named as the executor of your will, the subsequent administration upon your death. And that gives them very substantial fees, which is why the preparation of the will is given away for nothing up front. You see, the, the trustee companies charge a percentage of your estate as a commission to administer it. And so they charge thousands more than a specialist lawyer would to perform the same work for the average estate. This is how trustee companies make their money and why they're able to afford to give away the free wills. I mean, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Everyone knows that. So any saving that you make now could really drain your estate later on. It's not a saving at all. Now, I'm guessing you'd probably like an example of that. Uh, so I've got one ready for you. Um, Public Trustee of South Australia, uh, you know, that's just one of the public trustees around the country, uh, fairly typical. To get a free will 
from the public trustee in South Australia, they insist upon being named as executor in your will. And that means they'll charge a commission to your deceased estate after your death when they assume the role and responsibilities of executor. Many deceased estates will include the family home and probably life insurance and some superannuation. And the average estate value is now listed by the public trustee as exceeding $500,000. That's the average. That means that a, quote, free, end quote, will from public trustee in South Australia will cost the average estate about $17,600 in administration fees. And that's in addition to court fees and other disbursements like you know, tax returns and so on. It, and it gets even worse than that. Public trustee in South Australia will also, in addition to what I've just said, they'll also charge an ongoing income commission for any testamentary trusts which they administer. So, for example, if you were to die and uh, your child was under the age of 18 when you died, the money would have to be held in trust for your child until the child reaches his or her majority, which in all states and territories in Australia is 18. And what that means is that for the period the public trustee are administering those funds on behalf of your child, not only have they charged that upfront lump some capital commission, but they're also charging every year for handling the money and getting the income in for your child until the child reaches their majority. Now, that information comes directly from Public Trustee's own website. They, your, your listeners can check that out for themselves. Those fees that they're charging is roughly three times more than what my specialist law firm would charge to prepare an integrated estate plan at first instance and then administer the estate following their, their death later on. That's a saving of about $10,000, sometimes more, to your estate and family. So no wonder estate companies are happy to give you a free will up front. The hidden costs really hit home later on. And you can see why it's a, a product that is definitely being promoted out there in the marketplace as the ideal option for people. You see what they've gone on well, that track. They, uh, people are lured with the idea of, well, it's free now, and that's all they're concerned about. People sometimes yeah. uh, react with the, uh, the offer of immediacy, and uh, they don't give uh, sufficient attention to the long-term effects uh, and, and the consequences. And, of course, it won't be them that bear those consequences, It'll be their loved ones, their family, the very people that they're trying to protect by doing the will in the first place. If they weren't concerned about their family and their friends and their loved ones, they wouldn't make the will at all. So the fact that they're bothering to make the will means that they're trying to protect their loved ones, but they're doing it in a way that is designed to cost them much more than really it needs to. You have to ask yourself why they would be doing that, and the answer can only be because they don't know any better. They think that they're doing the right thing by creating a will, and they've been told that the trustee companies are, you know, are safe, but nobody has ever bothered to tell them that it's going to be a very expensive exercise for their family down the track, and that there are much better and cheaper ways of achieving a superior result um, but for far less cost to their estate.
Mm. And emotional distress as well. Now, look, Rod, I've heard you mention before um, estate plans. I've mentioned them a few times. So can we just, um, before we move on to how people can properly protect their families and assets, can I get you just to tell us the difference between a will and an estate plan? Sure. A will, uh, which is very often called a legal will or a last will and testament, is a legal document that you create to give away the things that you own at the date of your death. And if you don't create a will before you die, then the government will direct how your assets are be, to be distributed uh, according to the laws of the state where you lived and died. However, a will alone is not enough because nowadays most people own or control assets which can't be dealt with solely by their will alone. For Can example... You example uh, of what you mean? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. The, the three largest assets in most people's lives are their family home, their superannuation, and their life insurance. And I might just say here that some people don't realise that they've got life insurance, but uh, quite frequently nowadays there is a life insurance component to their superannuation, and almost everybody has superannuation. So it's entirely likely that they do have life insurance. But in any event, those three assets tend to be the largest three assets for the average Australian. Now, if the family home is owned jointly with another person, it's probably registered as joint tenants. That's a legal term that is used for the registration of uh, ownership of land. And joint tenants is how most married couples would register their family home. And that means that when the first of them dies, that person more or less just falls off the title to that property and it passes, that property passes by right of survivorship to the surviving spouse. So that house will completely bypass the will of the first of them to die. So that's quite confronting to a lot of people. You know, I see typically people who've done their own wills where they say that they, you know, they leave the house to, you know, the children or, or to somebody of that nature, not realising that it might not be theirs to give away in their will because it bypasses their will. It bypasses their deceased estate. So with super and life insurance, these are financial products which can have binding death nominations. Uh, what that means is that the proceeds of these investments will be paid directly to the persons you've nominated as the beneficiaries in those investment products. So when you set up your super, what a lot of people do is they say, you know, I, I give everything to my husband or my wife or, or whatever. And then later on, they might well, you know, get divorced. Unfortunately, it happens a lot. Uh, but if people forget to change the binding nominations on those policies, it can create real problems later on. You can, again, bypass your will through those binding death nominations. So an estate plan includes a will that goes well beyond just the will alone. And a modern integrated estate plan should consider all your assets, whether owned or controlled by you. And the estate plan will make provision not only for your death, but also for your incapacity. You see, um, the will, the last will and testament, only has effect when you die. 
Now, you know, you might roll your eyes and think, well, yes, of course, we know that. That's what a will is. But many people forget that we're all living longer and longer now due to advances in, in healthcare and other things. We can quite literally spend longer living in retirement now than actively working. It is not only possible, it's actually quite foreseeable. So what happens to your assets if you become injured or become sick? It's sadly very common for people to lose their mental capacity through a whole range of events, you know, accident, stroke, senility, dementia, Alzheimer's, coma. Once you lose your mental capacity to make decisions in your own best interests, it becomes a real problem about how your assets are then to be dealt with. Who has the legal authority to deal with your assets other than you? How will your bills get paid if you lose your ability to make decisions and sign documents for yourself? How will your family cope? So a modern integrated estate plan should include not only the last will, but also a number of other documents such as powers of attorney and advanced directives, which you can create now whilst you're still in good health, but to protect against the bad things which might occur later in life. Now, what might, um, what might some of these documents include, Rob? Can you give us a brief summary of what they would be? Uh, sure, yeah, I can give you a few examples. Um, many people will have heard of the term of uh, power of attorney, and more than likely what they're thinking of is a genuine enduring power of attorney. Uh, now, this allows you to create a legal document that appoints one or more trusted people to handle your legal and financial affairs if you can't attend to them yourself. So that means that you could appoint somebody that you trust to sign contracts, access bank accounts, deal with government departments, and, and so on. Uh, in fact, they can pretty much do everything that you can lawfully do for yourself uh, with a few exceptions. They can't vote for you in general elections. They can't give sworn or affidavit evidence for you in court. But by and large, uh, it's a very, very powerful tool to enable you to protect against uh, adverse circumstances later in life. So that's, uh, that's the general enduring power of attorney for legal and financial matters. Uh, you can also create an enduring power of guardianship, just as children under the age of 18 need a legal guardian uh, because the law presumes that they lack the capacity to make decisions in their own best interest. Well, all of us risk losing our capacity later in life through illness, accident, dementia, and so on. All those things that I mentioned before. And an enduring power of guardianship allows you to appoint your own guardian. Otherwise, uh, your fate will be in the hands of strangers at the guardianship board who will just appoint a guardian for you if you haven't appointed your own. See, again, that's the default setting from the, the government legislation. If you lose the capacity to make decisions in your own best interests, then a guardian needs to be appointed for you. And if you haven't appointed your own, well, then it's off to a body like the guardianship board and, you know, overworked government bureaucrats, even well-meaning ones, you know, they haven't got the time and resources nowadays to, you know, spend a great deal of time on these matters. And so... you your future is going to be in their hands and they'll just appoint a guardian for you. And if they haven't got 
a guardian readily available. So if you haven't got a family member, trusted confidant, somebody who's suitable, putting up their hand at the right time saying, yes, I'll do it, then what would happen is that there'd have to be a government agency, somebody like the public advocate, who you know probably has never met you, and they will become your legal parent, your legal guardian, and they will decide what you do. They will make decisions of like an intimate nature. Scenario. Well, it can be because they're going to be making intimate decisions about your life, where you live, who your carers will be, which nursing home do you go into, where do you spend Christmas Day lunch. These are decisions that a parent or guardian has to make. And if they're a stranger to you, then that makes things pretty awkward. But that is exactly what can happen if you haven't bothered to create a document appointing your own guardian. It's, it's, it's very cheap insurance to have that sort of document in place. But there are other documents as well. There's a medical power of attorney, uh, which uh, allows you to appoint somebody to act as your medical agent to make decisions for you about your medical and dental treatment if you're unable to do so for yourself. And that can make all the difference between ensuring your wishes are met in very stressful times or possibly having treatment and care you know, forced upon you against your wishes. So bear in mind that under this scenario, you're incapable of deciding your own wishes or expressing them. So you might be in a coma or you might be you know, suffering from dementia or you might have had a hit on the head or something of that nature. And what you can do is you can appoint somebody that you trust, generally a, a close confidant or, or preferably a family member, who knows what you would want in those circumstances. And they don't then just impose their own will upon you. Their goal, their role, is to instruct your doctors and treatment providers into the sort of care that you would have wanted had you been able to express your own wishes at that point. So that's a medical agent, medical power of attorney. Now finally, there's a, a different type of document known as uh, an advanced medical directive. Some people know it by other names such as living will, natural death form, um, do not resuscitate form. Uh, there are all sorts of words and terms for it around the world. The gist of it is that if you get to the end of your natural lifespan and there's no hope of recovery, you might want to tell your doctors not to revive you once you die. You, you don't want to come back to this world of pain when there's nothing further to live for. But what happens if you can't express your wishes at that point? And realistically, of course, you might well not be able to because that's exactly when you're likely to lapse into a coma or be at the terminal phase of, uh, of some you know, horrible illness. So you can create this document now whilst you're still healthy and well and it allows you to direct and command your doctors in advance of that horrible set of circumstances. And this is really important. This is so that you don't end up like that tragic story of the American lady Terry Schiavo, which was in all the papers and all the news for a, a very long time. This was a lady who was in a coma for 12 years before the American courts finally agreed with her husband 
in a battle against their parents to remove the artificial life support. That's a lot of pain and trauma that you can spare your family. Now, you need to understand this is not euthanasia. It is not taking steps to end your life prematurely. It's simply preventing, if unwanted, the artificial prolonging of life beyond the point which God or nature intended you to live. And it's only in precisely defined and very specific circumstances. It's not if you go into hospital with a cold or a runny nose. Um, it's, uh, it's only specific circumstances. I mean, for example, in South Australia, the legislation is very clear, and uh, it states that it's only for um, persistent vegetative state, so it's brain dead, or terminal phase of a terminal illness with no hope of recovery. You know, so if you're at the end of your life with cancer and all they're doing is cranking up the morphine, you know, you might well want to say, I don't want to come back to this. There's nothing here for me. If I die, for goodness sake, let me go. Do not resuscitate me. And if you're able to express your views and your wishes at that point, then that might be what you would say. The catch is you need to be able to express them. So this is what this sort of document can do. So whatever your beliefs, you know, some people uh, you know, have very strong opinions about end-of-life decisions, but whatever your beliefs, I feel it's better to take personal control and responsibility for them rather than leaving a pretty agonising moral decision to your loved ones to make on your behalf. And uh, so that's why that sort of uh, document is a, a very important part for many people uh, in their uh, integrated estate plan. Now, now, Rod, that, uh, you said it included these documents, so that's obviously only a few of the documents that are in the estate plans, and they sound quite involved. Is there any way that everyday Australians can access these, or are they only available to the elite few who have a very good understanding of the, the legal profession? They certainly are now very easily accessible in uh, a modern integrated estate plan uh, prepared by uh, specialist lawyers. You, you need to be able to be confident with the lawyers that you deal with and as I've said before, if you pay peanuts, you will get monkeys. So it's important to know who you're dealing with, to know that they're specialists in the area and that they deal in both estate planning and estate administration because one leads to the other and you want to know that your lawyers who are helping you plan to avoid the problems are familiar with what the problems are in the first place because they've seen it with other clients. You don't want to be paying for the expensive education of some generalist lawyer, you know, maybe a suburban or or other, you know, little shop that, you know, dabbles in, in all areas of law. You can't be a master of all areas of law. To be a specialist, you need to specialise. You need to confine your activities to one or maybe two areas of law to stay on top of the very rapidly changing developments that are occurring right around the country. And it's very easy to do that if you know where to look. And so what we are trying to do with a state planner is to offer uh, an integrated, modern estate plan with a range of options that are easily accessible to everyday, ordinary Australians. We've made it simple and straightforward to understand. In fact, we guarantee that we will 
help them understand. We don't use tricky lingual language or legalese as it's called. We try to keep it as simple and as straightforward as possible. Plans are very cost effective and, and cost a lot less than people expect. And it's uh, it's available right now. It's uh, available to individuals, but also can be uh, dealt with uh, to multiple members of their family. And uh, we have a variety of plans and payment schemes that are available to make it as open and as accessible as possible. And we're very proud of what we are now offering to people. There really is no excuse for them not having a proper specialised personally prepared plan by specialist lawyers and it's available now with good backup support by our law firm and uh, we think that it's something that people need to consider for every everybody really needs to be seriously considering this. Right, I just want to go back to something you just said there. You said that you can guarantee people's dealings with you and your company. Can you go into that a little bit for us? Yeah, absolutely. We want our clients to be absolutely delighted with the uh, estate plans that we provide for them. And that's why we offer multiple layers of protection, just like in the estate plans themselves that we carefully craft for each individual client. Now, we probably don't have time to detail every element of our multiple guarantees right here, so I'll just hit the high points for you. We offer a 12-month full 100% satisfaction assured money-back guarantee on the estate plans we prepare for our clients. An estate planner offers the only legal will and integrated estate planning education package in Australia, which is expertly personalised for your individual circumstances by a specialist law firm. So give us a fair opportunity to address any concerns, and in the unlikely event you're still not satisfied, we'll confidentially destroy your documents for you and give you back all of your money, every single cent. But we also guarantee to give you free amendments and updates to your estate plan and personal membership documents for 12 full months. So if the law changes or your personal circumstances change or even if you just change your mind about some part of it, we will give you free amendments to your documents and supervise their further execution to help you keep your plan up to date. We guarantee that you will be treated professionally and courteously, just as we would want a member of our own family treated. We guarantee that we'll be on time for all the appointments that we set with you, and we guarantee to explain matters to you in clear terms and plain English, with an absolute minimum of legal jargon and no gobbledygook. We genuinely want to help people understand, and we'll welcome any questions they may have, and we'll always give honest, straightforward answers. Now, Rod, I was keeping count there. That's at least five guarantees, and as you say, that's just the, the high points. So that's good to have at least five guarantees when dealing with someone with such an important, the most important legal document you're going to put together. Well, we're all about trust and peace of mind, and we wouldn't be, <laughs> we wouldn't be fair in our dealings with people if we didn't offer them what we are recommending that they get in their estate plan. So... It's just common sense in a sense, and yet it's amazingly not very common. Uh, I don't know any other law firms or companies in Australia who offer the guarantees that we offer, and uh, I don't know anyone else who is offering the education and the ongoing updating that we offer. Uh, so I'm very proud and pleased 
with uh, with what we're offering, and uh, I'm totally genuine when I say that we want to create a lifelong relationship with our clients, and uh, we're very proud and happy that we uh, have managed to do so for over 160 years. Uh, our law firm has been uh, helping people, and uh, and we're looking forward to continuing to do that for a very long time to come. Now, Rod, just let me touch on um, who estate plans are for, because this is the most common sense and straightforward approach I've heard in a very long time on how to prepare yourself and your family for the inevitable. Um, and let's face it, most people just don't want to think about it, which is probably why most of them are unprepared when it happens. So, look, what types of people are estate plans for? Well, estate plans are for everybody who has anything or anyone that they want to protect. Now, most people will have a variety of uh, excuses why they don't need an estate plan. They, uh, they might think that they're too young or that they haven't got sufficient assets or that it's all just too much trouble. Really, those are just very poor excuses nowadays. Um, the, the people who need to have an estate plan are anyone over the age of 18. And uh, in particular, you know, as we age, the, the likelihood is that we're confronting our own mortality uh, on an increasing rate. Uh, and so baby boomers you know, are a generation that are now hitting retirement and starting to plan for their retirement and their you know, later years. So it's essential that they get things in place for themselves and for their children and even their grandchildren. But even parents of uh, of people, particularly parents of, uh, of children who... Uh, may need to be cared for for a longer period. So young children, if, if the mum and the dad were to suddenly have an accident, then you really, really need to have a good estate plan in place to protect your kids for the longer term and have the testamentary trust set up in your will so that the kids are protected long term. It's just not enough to you know, trust to luck. You see terrible stories in the newspaper every day about mums or dads or both who are killed in car accidents. You know, there are thousands every year in Australia, and that's just on the roads. And you add in to, to that all the illnesses and uh, all the other unexpected events that occur, you have to plan for the unexpected. It's, it's like backing up the data on your computer. Everyone knows that you're supposed to, uh, but so few of us actually do it properly and and routinely. And the difficulty is that once the disaster strikes, you, you're done for. You can't get the data back generally. Well, it's the same with estate planning. If you wait until illness or accident or death occurs, it's too late. Once you've lost your mental capacity, it's too late. You then can't create the very documents that you need. You have to have them in place, just like insurance. You know, if your house burns down, you can't apply for insurance after the event, can you? So it's the same thing here. And that's exactly how you ought to be looking at it. Sorry to interrupt, Rod. When you say you can't go backwards, what about those of us who've um, made wills, thinking we were doing the right thing and we've gone ahead and just had a will? Is there any way we can now replace that with an estate plan or is it a case of, oh, well, look, you've gone down the wrong path, but... Let's hope it goes well in the future. 
So long as you've got your mental capacity, it's never too late. Uh, sadly, okay. for some people, if they've made the mistake and now lost their capacity, it could be too late for them. Even then, we might be able to help them. There might be, in certain parts of Australia, some laws that will allow us clever lawyers to, to find a way through, but uh, the, the short answer is if they've lost their capacity, it could be a, a problem. But for everyone else, even if you've got a will, you need to get it updated and put into place as part of an integrated estate plan. You need all the pieces of the jigsaw to fit together. You can't just wander along in ignorance any longer, but particularly once you've heard this uh, this broadcast, because uh, you then can't claim that nobody told you the truth. Um, this is you know this is the information you need to have, and everyone over the age of 18 ought to have an estate plan. And the truth is. Everyone does have one, but if you're not very careful, it will just be the default one that's set by the government of the state where you're living. And very, very frequently, that is not what you would want if somebody actually asked you. So this is why you've got to do it for yourself. It's not hard. It doesn't have to be complicated. And it's not expensive. But, you know, if they contact us, we can help them. Well, look, Rod, I want to thank you for taking your time out to come and talk to us today. It's been um, amazingly revealing, and I can see why you're called on by other firms to come in and consult and counsel. But can you tell me how um, the listeners can get in touch with you? How can they find out what the process is and put in place their own plans? Our phone number is uh, 08 and our website address is www.estateplanner.net.au. Estate Planner is all one word, lowercase, E-S-T-A-T-E-P-L-A-N-N-E-R, dot net, dot A-U. I'll just repeat okay. that for our listeners. That's 08-8212-7233. The web address is www.estateplanner.net.au, one word. Um, and so that, that'll get them direct touch with your, your office and your staff? That's exactly right, and we'll be happy to uh, send them out some, uh, some information and guide them through you know, what we can do to assist them. Uh, you know, uh, estate planning is something that everyone ought to be considering, but uh, we have to um, you know, check to make sure that they are able to create an estate plan. It's not for everybody, and... Sometimes, uh, sadly, if they've already lost their mental capacity, it may be too late for us to help them. But at first instance, we're happy to speak with them and see if we can help, and for the vast majority of people, we really can help them. And uh, for those listeners who are quick, uh, at the moment, there are some valuable bonuses on our website at that address you've just given. Uh, plus... I've just completed a new book on this topic. Uh, it's so new, I haven't even got a title for it yet, uh, but uh, it includes a lot of very good content about wills, estate planning, and estate administration. Uh, it's going to be published in hard copy very soon. And um, oh, let's say for the first seven listeners who, uh, who contact us, uh, contact our office, uh, we'll put them on the list uh, to get a free copy of that book as soon as it's published. Uh, no fee, we'll post it out to them uh, for free, uh, but it's got to be the first seven only. 
Uh, we're hoping to get that into uh, into the, the printer fairly shortly, and uh, we expect it to be available very soon. Well, that's fantastic, Rod, and thank you for offering that offering that to our listeners. That's that's a great offer. Well, look, Rod, I want to thank you for your time. I know you're a very busy man. Um, I'm just going to ask you to hang around for a few minutes off air because I want to find out how I can get one of your pre-launch books, obviously, and sort out my own estate plan. But can I just ask you, look, can we have you back on the show at some point in the future to talk about other issues that people need to know about as well? Yeah, sure thing, Alex. I'd be very happy to help. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, important topics that need to be discussed uh, and, uh, you know, that are attracting a lot of attention at the moment. I mean, the media is just full of uh, speculation at the moment about uh, whether death duties might be coming back and uh, the laws are always being changed regarding superannuation uh, and I'd be uh, delighted to talk about those topics, uh, discretionary trusts, uh, self-managed super funds uh, and uh, you know, all of the integrated matters that relate to estate planning and estate administration. Uh, more than happy to, to help out and uh, answer questions that your listeners might, uh, might want to send in to you. That's fantastic. Thanks, Rod. And this is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Rod Genders from Genders and Partners Solicitors. And once again, we thank you for your time. Thanks, Alex. Nice talking to you.